السلام عليكم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya the real the the real Muslims podcast the three Muslims podcast let me redo that man you can't nah, you can't nah, nah, just keep going nah, keep going Bismillah professionalism though Bismillah I was concerned about this letter I just got okay Bismillah السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya the three Muslims podcast. Today we're joined with a very special guest, Brother Ibrahim. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm super pumped to be here, bro. I, guys, listen, I, I, may Allah bless you. May Allah continue to preserve you. May Allah continue to, ex, uh, uh, to expand you and elevate you. I mean, just uh, amazing effort you're doing amidst all the controversy and all the other uh, challenges you're facing. You still show up. And to me, 80% of success is showing up. So congratulations on that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. Allahumma I'm here. Amin, I'm amin, ready amin, to amin. serve, man. Talk to me, brothers. Talk to me. Let's go. Bro, Where so most of the viewers on? don't know that we got Toronto's finest in the building in the hot seat today. So never did I think that starting this podcast, you know, with the brothers eight months ago, that we would have someone from the city that I grew up in, right, mm. that I've never met. And I, I just met you through Brother Gabriel. So going yes. to that, what's your story? Uh, my story, well, gosh, uh, my story, uh, for, for my story, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, Amistad, where the guy said when he's telling the story, he said he's trying to tell the story and it's like a little story like this he's trying to tell. But the other guy is saying, no, you have to go way back. Hmm. You have to go all the way back to Africa. Well, my story is like that. My family around 1450 or around that area, we don't know exact dates, okay, they were taken into slavery. They're African people taken into slavery and they become slaves. Africans become slaves. Then they later become blacks and all this other kind of stuff. Okay. So they take them, they, they take them from Africa and what do they do? They take them to the Caribbean because that was the slave catchers. And then from there, they took them to the Caribbean, which was the slave breakers. And then after that, they took them to America, North America and other places where they became slave traders. This is a business. And now what they're doing is they get the people to do all the work. They're doing the cotton and doing all the different things in the field and whatever. And they're taking that stuff and they're taking it and selling it to Europe. And when they're selling it to Europe, they're selling it for the highest price. And they're going now to make their, their countries rich and they're doing all kinds of great business off of the backs of the people. I come from those people. My people who came now from the south of America, came to the north of America, ended up getting... Uh, uh, free from the uh, British loyalist people. And they were taken to Nova Scotia, which was British North America. When that happened, they were given, uh, they were given their so-called freedom, quote unquote. But when they got to Canada, right, there was a problem. What was the problem? They tried to practice Islam. Now think about this. Back in Africa, they were Muslim. Some of them, at least, guaranteed. When they came now into the Caribbean, they were Muslim. When they went into the slave traders in America, they're still Muslim. 300 years in slavery, they're still trying to hold on to their Islam. When they got to Canada, 1783, when they got to Canada, they're still Muslim and they're trying to practice their Islam. And the people said, you can't do that here. This is not acceptable. Put too much pressure on them. Put them in serious difficulties that the people end up going back to Africa. Some of them were shipped back to Africa. And then there was others that actually went back to the Caribbean. 
in either case, they, they couldn't stay in Canada because, again, there was no way to practice their Islam. So the children, they left from Islam and they became Christian because the parents' uh, way to manage it was, we're going to practice Islam in the house, but when we go outside, we're going to do all the stuff that the other people do. The children said, no, no, we're not blaming that. Those people have the power. You guys have no power. We're joining them. For me, I'm the first one to come back. So when I first came back to, when I first came back to Islam, and I have no idea about this, I have no concept or understanding of it. When I came back to Islam in May the, uh, May the 10th, 1983, 1.45 p.m., I'm in Toronto Don Jail. We grew up in poverty. We grew up in a very bad situation. We grew up among gangs and drugs and violence and crime. It's undeniable the hardships that we felt. But guess what? When, when I came into that situation, I'm in jail and I get the message of Islam. Allah sent it to me. I, didn't, I, I wasn't looking for it. <laughs> I was criminal, man. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't know what a big deal it was. That's the truth. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he pulled my coat and said, hey, come on over here. I'm not done with you. Now, understand this. Um, we're in a gang. And in our gang, there was two of my members. Two of the members of my gang had already been shot by the police and killed. The police came into the jail, saw me there, and said, okay, Downey, you're next. Now, I wasn't afraid of dying. I just didn't want to die for nothing. And that's what I ask Allah. Don't allow my life to be for nothing. I'm 25 years old. I, don't just, I just don't want to die for nothing. And I ask Allah for three things. Don't let me die for nothing. Uh, let me do some good with whatever time I have left and put me around people who would guide me to the right way. This is after I embraced Islam. When Allah did like this, that was it for me. I, I, I'm all into Islam. I'm, I'm, I'm in. That's it. And we changed everything. Now, the, 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 key, uh, the key element here is that um, the people, my family, they, they came against me and they were fighting me like crazy for 30 years. 30 years. Don't, don't make any joke about that. My aunt and my cousin literally came to my home here in Malaysia. Two, two years ago, they came here to my home and they want to see what my situation was. Am I, am I leaving from the family? Have I abandoned them and all this other kind of stuff? Because the way that they treated me was horrible. And I could tell you some horror stories, but we're going to leave that for now and may Allah guide them. And, but here's the thing. When they came, they said that my uncle, who became my nemesis, the guy who was against me, I mean, absolutely against me, who was Christian, guess what? He came now to um, have this idea that when I embraced Islam, that I had turned my back on God. SubhanAllah. Yeah, yeah. You never seen nothing like that, brother. Yeah. I, I was I was I was dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say. I was like, Alhamdulillah. But this <laughs> is our response. Alhamdulillah. All praises due to Allah under all conditions. But this is what I've done and this is how I've gone to this thing. So we, we, we've come through all of that. And in the process of coming through all of that, Allah took, my, Allah took my relatives who came against me. Many of them turned against me. I mean, turned against me, man. I, I mean, they, they, <laughs> there was no phone calls. There was no connection. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was very awkward. But at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he had a different plan. Because again, 
over the years now, the, not everybody was against me, but the one, many of the ones who were against me, they changed their mind. So I have my mother embrace Islam, my father embrace Islam, two of my aunts, two of my uncles, and about 250 of my cousins. People were looking at me and saying, you know what? I like your attitude. I like what you're doing. I was in charge of the food bank. I was in charge of security. I was doing all kinds of different activities to help people and do some good and try to show what Islam uh, had to offer in terms of Islam helping and Muslims helping and putting that stuff out front. People thought that we were just extreme people, crazy people who don't really contribute any good because the Muslims love to take, 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 take. Very little is giving. But when I came, I was giving. And people saw that. They said, okay, we want, we want a piece of that. We like that. So it changed a lot of stuff. And there's a whole story behind that, that that's just, it's, it's riveting. It, it, I mean, when I started telling my story, people just like, wow, how did you do all of that? We start talking about like the Muslim inmate program, we, you know, and, and, I, and I give my props to my Somali sisters, okay? Because we started back in there when the, when the Somali women heard that I was helping the brothers in jail, the men, uh, the, the women, the daughters and the aunties and all like that, they came, man, and they just came. They would not leave me alone in the masjid, brother. If they saw me in the masjid, they just came, brother, my uncle is here, my father is here, my brother is here, my cousin is here, you got to help. Nobody wanted to help. So now we had to start a program to be able to do all of that. Mm -hmm. Only the community, the community wouldn't support it. They didn't find value in it. We were on our own. So we had to keep it going by ourselves with no money from the government. We're not taking their money because if they give us their money, then we know that they want to be in charge and they're going to dictate to us what it is our mandate. My mandate was only one thing, brother. Invite the creation back to the worship of the creation, of the creator. Finish. That's it. So, <laughs> um, okay. That's, for me, that's what I could tell you. I, uh, for me, I have so much I want to share. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bubbling with enthusiasm to be able to get this out. You know, um, last year uh, on August 1st, 2020, I did uh, for the first time, I, I have all of this knowledge and all this stuff I'm gathering up all of these years, but nobody from our family and nobody in our community and our society, they, nobody wants to talk about it. So last year, uh, and I'm begging Allah, I'm asking, Ya Allah, you know, let me get this stuff out. Let me leave it as a legacy. Let me, let me leave some breadcrumbs others can follow. Last year, they called me up from one group, they said, okay, we're doing this story about Emancipation Day. Would you like to join us? Black Canadian Muslim. Oh, I jumped all over that bad boy. Are you joking? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll spit. Let's go. And we dropped it like it was hot. For me, I just told my story. The same story I'm sharing with you with more detail, I just told them that's what we did. This is what happened. Now, the thing that becomes a, a real difficulty, again, there's three things that, that become a difficulty when the Muslims came to Canada, which was British North America, is that we came here, we, we're Black and we're supposed to be free, but uh, the freedom was different. And then people don't want to talk about it, but there's a whole other element that gets ignored. And that's the element of how we mixed with the Native people, the First Nation people. 
We mix with them. We married them. I'm considered, I'm considered, my family is considered um, what they call, um, uh, uh, what they call it again? Native, not native, what is it? Indigenous. Mm. Indigenous to Canada. Wow. That's deep stuff. We're indigenous to the land. So alhamdulillah, we, we, we have a certain status. Nobody wants to talk about it, man. Because again, the Indians are looked at as very low people and the Africans are looked at as very low people too. And it becomes like a taboo, some kind of embarrassment. Yeah. But the connection is already there. So, okay. Man, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you, you got to understand that for me, I'm not popular around a whole lot of people in Canada, or my people. I'm not a popular guy. I'm not. Let's let's just call it what it is. They they prefer they prefer they prefer not to have me there anyway. But I'm okay. I, I found a place over in in uh, Malaysia. I found other places in the world in the Middle East. I found other places and I, I found other places. Allah, you see, Allah took my relatives and He said, "Okay, you guys want to be like that? Okay, you stay like that." But then He opened up the way for me and gave me a family family of Muslims. MashaAllah. Akhi, go into how you met Gabriel in, in, uh, in Toronto, because a lot of the viewers don't know, but Gabriel's a regular panelist, right? So they're going to be shocked to know that you know him. Yeah, I know him very well. MashaAllah, him and I go back uh, probably, what, 17, 18 years now. Um, for me, I, I was always busy in the masjid because, again, the, the number of Muslim youth that was actually going into the jails, it started to increase. From 19, 1975, going all the way up, even up until now, the number is going, going like crazy. But the reality is that the numbers are going up, but we're not putting anything in place to be able to, to deal with that or to be able to counsel the people. And then the governments, they actually hired, they had some Muslims uh, chaplains who they hired. And then they, what they did was they fired everybody. So I used to go have to go to the masjid and be able to advise the people how not to get into problems and how to stay out of the situations of being involved with drugs, violence, crime, gangs, all this kind of stuff that puts people in jail. It was scary. With the number of people going to jail, it was scary. And because of that, now we, we had this mandate to be able to say, uh, you know, okay, we, we have to talk. If there's nothing else, I'm asking the community members, if you don't want to give us any money, okay, fine. But at least give us the opportunity to talk to the people and advise them. We have women suffering. The families are suffering. The situation is ugly. Our youth are coming now to rob each other and rob their uncles and different people like that in the taxis. They're robbing them to be able to get money to be able to go buy some drugs. Oh, come on. At some point in time, let us at least talk about the issues. So alhamdulillah, many of the organizations, they would do that. And some of them, when they would see me coming, they would say, okay, brother, you have a chance to talk. We give you 10 minutes. Okay, alhamdulillah. Let's go, let's go. Let me spit it out. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. Because we're going right across the country. Because many people would remember that it's uh, uh, in Toronto and it's in Ontario, but we're going right across the country. And then we literally started going right across the world. For me, I, I don't know if you guys, you, you, okay, so, so yeah, you, you, you know Regent Park, yes? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so so Regent Park is one of the worst places in the city. Downtown Toronto, it is one of the worst places. I I grew up in Regent Park. So what happened for me? I I came now out of that environment. That was my condition of of how I had to live. So now for for me going now to twenty three countries around the world and being able to teach what I teach, it's it's incredible. And it can only happen by the permission of Allah. Can you hang on for one second, please? Thank yeah, you. Nice. MashaAllah. Bro, that's like inspiring. SubhanAllah. Like very inspiring. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah. May Allah bless him. Namaste. Bro, I don't know what I was laughing at. I think no, he's just I'm not yawning. laughing at. I was, um, I was reading mm-hmm. that like sign that he has in the background. And I think it says uh, tough, tough. And then something, but I was reading it like as he was talking, all I saw was touch, touch. I was like, bro, what is that? <laughs> but and it's, it's definitely not what I thought it was. It, it mm-hmm. says tough, tough people do. Tough, yeah, tough people, a lot of people just, that... Yeah, it does say that. I had to look closer. <laughs> MashaAllah. Tough people touch people. I think that's what it says. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. For any of the viewers that made it this far, brother Gabriel Al-Romani, who was the fourth Muslim, you guys don't know, right? But we're changing our name to the, the four Muslims, right? Uh, Ibrahim Downey has met Gabriel in Toronto when Gabriel accepted Islam, you know, decades ago, because Gabriel accepted it in Toronto. And since then, you know, with Gabriel moving to Malaysia, Ibrahim himself has moved to Malaysia and works with him now. And they do counseling psychology. Allah. Uh, sorry, I had to take a pause for the cause. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just, I just finished drinking a big cup of coffee, man. <laughs> it's it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> right, you're right. You're good, you're good. Uh, have fun, yeah. Yeah, uh, Iquan. Um, I'm sorry, you're asking me something and lost my train of thought. No worries, no worries. Just more details on how you met Gabriel Automani in Toronto. Um, just in uh, just, just hanging around the people of knowledge and, and trying to absorb the knowledge of Islam. And, and um, uh, what I remember is that uh, we were both coming out to want to uh, absorb uh, as much as we could of the knowledge of Islam, mm-hmm. not for the sake of the knowledge itself or just having the knowledge, but about how we could apply it and how we could make it, how we could use it to make a difference. And this is one of the things I, I, I understood about him from the early days, is that he was looking to be able to improve himself, but he wanted to also improve the situation for the people who Allah would send to him. He had that desire. So when he came to, uh, when he came to Malaysia, I didn't know. I came to Malaysia maybe five years ago, and I think uh, he may have been here before me, or maybe just after me. But either way... Uh, when I came here, I was only coming, uh, I was coming here to check out some business opportunities. I was doing some things back in Canada that were creating money for me, but at the same time, um, I had, uh, had a lot of good friends. One of my friends was Dr. Bilal Phillips. I think you guys probably know him. Yes, well, okay, him and I have been best friends for the longest time. And um, uh, him and I met back in uh, Jami Mosque in Boosted Avenue in Toronto. I used to sit down in the brother in the in the bookstore. I was so poor when I left when I left from the Allah. 
You know, when I left from the street back in the day, uh, I was so poor, man. You got to understand, I, for me, one minute, man, I had like two apartments, man. I had a computer when the computers weren't even a thing. It was a paperweight for me. <laughs> I didn't know. You, you had to turn it on, man. You, could, you, you had to put the, uh, clear the screen. That was what I knew. Clear the screen. I, you had to put in the DOS codes and all that kind of <laughs> It was a long time ago. But um, that's, that was crazy stuff. We had cars, we had places, we had this and that and whatever have you, but it was, it was all, um, it was all phony. I didn't know it at the time because that's the only thing that I understood. That's what I related to. But once I understood, once I, under, once I came into Islam, then I wasn't going back to it. And I used to literally sit in the bookstore and uh, this guy who's running the bookstore, a brother named Ali Bash, not sure if he's still alive. If he is, may Allah bless him. And if he's not, may Allah bless him. Because <laughs> um, this brother used to be so kind to me. He allowed me to sit in the bookstore and literally he would hand me books or I would find books I wanted to read and I would be able to sit down on the floor and read them because I didn't have money to buy. I barely had money to be able to take a ticket going back and forth. And I'd hope that I would get a little bit of biryani or some samosa or something like that to eat before I went back home. Wow. So it, it was deep stuff. And then he was giving me these books from Dr. Bilal Phillips. Then one day, Dr. Bilal comes in. He says, oh, that's the guy. I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, this is the guy who writes the books. But then he was writing books that were controversial. He was writing a book called The, um, um, the, uh, the Answer Allah Cult. I don't know if you remember that or you've seen it. But Sorry, it the answer his, of what? The Answer, the Ansar Allah Cult. There was this group of uh, people who were calling themselves the answer Allah, the, the, the helpers of Allah. They're calling themselves like this, right? And, uh, but they were calling themselves also the Nubian Islamic Hebrews. And they were a cult. And they were saying that they represented Islam. And they would stand on the, they would stand on the street with the thobes and the kufis, and not kufis even, they would have on turbans. And they looked like Muslim. You couldn't tell anything until they started telling you about their deen. And when they started talking about they had a whole twisted idea about how Islam was going. And he, he dismantled them, took them apart, just dismantled them. And they got very angry and they want to do something. And they, they were threatening him. And for me, it's real simple. I, for me, him and I, I, I fell in love with the brother by the knowledge he was sharing. But he also took shahada in Toronto a long time before, back in the 1970, I think it was 1972. So when him and I came now to be like that, I was, I was like, nah, man, if you guys do anything to him, you'll deal with me. And people understood what that meant. Like for me, I had a, I had a reach that could go far. I was one of those guys who wasn't afraid to use it if need be. But again, I came away from that life. But it's not like, you know, I mean, you can take the boy out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the boy. <laughs> Some of you guys know better than others. <laughs> <laughs> I see you smiling. <laughs> so, but alhamdulillah. So, yeah. So, um, again, I was looking for opportunity, man, because uh, for me, I was the um, uh, I was the uh, director for Islamic Online University. Uh, Dr. Bilal Phillips started the Islamic Online University, and it was giving people a chance to get uh, um, Islamic knowledge up to BA for free. 
and it was all over the world. But again, he took a lot of heat from that. And there was some difficulty being able to keep it going. But he did, and it's still going. So may Allah bless him, man. I hope you pray for him because he's, he's doing a very noble and important thing. So, yeah. So actually, he introduced me to, to my wife. And I was just coming to look at a business opportunity. But as soon as we met, it, we knew that we were destined to do something together. But my mom had died before I came here. And uh, my mom had died in 2010. And then my life literally was going downhill. And uh, it, it got to the point where in 20, 2014, I went to, for me, I always wanted to be a lawyer. I don't know if you get this, man, but I, I'm a good talker. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I'm a good talker. I can spit, you know, I, can, I got a few things I can, I can share. And um, um, I, I was discouraged uh, all the time coming through school. They were discouraging me. Oh, you don't want to be a talker. You don't want to be a lawyer. No, black people don't become lawyers. They become something else. Be a handyman. Get a job in this place. Work in a gas station. All this kind of thing. I always wanted to be a lawyer. So, and um, my efforts to become a lawyer, I, I went and I went to uh, 1995. I went to uh, uh, University of Toronto. I wrote my LSAT. I passed and I got accepted into law school in Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia. One of the best, if not the best law school in, in Canada. Mashallah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I got accepted and I had the full scholarship. All I had to do was get from Toronto to Halifax. And I was in. And um, just as I'm getting ready to go, one of my younger brothers, he dies from drug overdose. It's over. My mom, she started freaking out. That was her youngest son. She asked me to bury my brother. Now, I'm Muslim, and I got to, for me, she knows that she can ask me anything, and if it's not against Islam, I have to comply. She used that against me more times than I, <laughs> than I can tell you. <laughs> but she, she understood it, that I would have to comply. So I did. So now I'm getting ready to, to get ready to go to, no, I, went, I called the university and said, okay, I'm gonna take some time. They said, no problem, take your time. You can come when you're finished. Now I'm getting ready to go. The, the, my two brothers, they got into a very silly argument. Who can do more drugs? The younger one and the older one, they got into an argument. Who can do more drugs? I'll do more drugs than you. No, I'll drink more than you. And they're going back and forth like this. They bought $1,200 worth of drugs. They sat down, did it all. The next morning, the youngest one, he ended up dying from asphyxiation. His, his whole system just regurgitated itself and came out of his ears, his eyes, his nose, his mouth, and covered his face like an airplane mask. He died a horrible death. Asphyxiated, just both done, done. Can't breathe. The next one, it took him 10 weeks to be able to commit um, suicide by drug overdose for grieving for his brother. So again, I couldn't leave. My mom asked me to not leave, to go back. So it wasn't until she passed away that I decided, okay, I'm going to go back and try again because I still wanted to be a lawyer. Now, here's the thing. When I go back in 2014, I'm getting ready to, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready. Again, I wrote my LSAT. I passed, right? <laughs> this is crazy, right? I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting ready now. Everything's opening up and so on like that, except I go now and I start teaching about my SIPKIS program. And when I'm teaching about that, 
the professor um, I, I'm writing on his board in the classroom. I'm taking a course while I'm waiting for their termination, the, their determination. And the professor there, he sees what I'm teaching and literally tells me that he's going to recommend that they not take me into law school. I said, why? I didn't do anything to you. Why would you be that? He said, no, this, what, you, what you're teaching is actually more powerful than if you go to law school and you're going to go for like the next three to five years. What you're teaching, actually, you can go into, you can go into the world right now and teach that to the people. It'll, it'll bring more benefit. Mm. That's the stuff that I want to share with you guys today. Do we have time? Can I, yeah. can I, take, 10, yes. can I take 10 minutes and, and, and blow that out? Yes. Yeah. If, you, if you don't mind, because <laughs> I'm excited, man. I, for me, I'm excited for you because we got some stuff that you guys wouldn't see normally. And, and I mean, uh, okay, let me just put it like that. So um, can I share my screen? Is that possible? No worries, no worries. Give me one sec. Please and thank you. And I know this is a little bit unorthodox, but again, this is... Uh, this is, uh, this is a coming together. I, I'm, I'm feeling this synergy, man, where one plus one equals all of us. So alhamdulillah. Now, uh, let me see. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, where is it? Hold on. Uh, gosh. Um, you looking for the share screen? Uh, no, I'm looking for the actual um, presentation. Let me just pull. I think I have to pull it up first, and then after that, I can get it. I, if I don't pull it up first, it doesn't just come by itself. See, I'm working on one here. This is about suicide. I, I, I do these presentations, and uh, we have a bunch of stuff. We're talking about marriage, too. You got to gotta see the stuff I'm doing on marriage. <laughs> I hope that we can do just a show on that. <laughs> it's pre-marriage pre-marriage for the brothers and the sisters mm -hmm. i mean we'll, let's start the conversation yeah. okay um hold on let me see uh here it is here this one okay good i got it and let me see share screen thank you very much and uh where is it where is it where is it uh okay i think this is it let me see there we go. Okay. Yes. It's not, but I got to go here. Okay. Wrong. Okay. This is wrong. I got to go back. Okay. Here's where we go. It's been I put this together just for you guys. Okay, fellas. Seriously, just, just to honor the effort you're making, man. You guys are doing a tremendous job, and there's a lot of controversy out there. To me, there's a lot of confusion. But you're encouraging the people to come back and to understand what they can do with their Islam and how to get on track with it. Well, if we're not going to help each other do that, we're creating our own problem. So for me, for me, my company is called Sibkis. The programs that we have is called Sibkis. The empowerment counseling is called Sibkis. See it big, keep it simple. Big problems, simple solutions coming from Islam. And I'm helping empower the lives of the people who are ready one decision at a time, because you have to make a decision to work with me. Otherwise, if you're not going to show up, it's not going to work. Okay. And okay, moving forward. I, I want, okay. Oh, hold on. Let me go back. Because again, people need social proof. Can you guys see this? You can see my screen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is me. This is the first time that the Ontario government has ever uh, presented anything like this 
to any Muslim from any community, okay? Coming out to be able to do this kind of thing. This is for 18 years of outstanding volunteer. Remember, volunteer service. Toronto West Detention Center. We weren't taking their money. And there's a whole bunch of stuff you can read on the left as well, but we're not getting into that right now. So just for your social proof, you understand that in, in, over there, I, I have qualifications and a certain amount of respect and status that's undeniable. All right? This is my mom and my dad. My dad, my mom, she embraced Islam the day I came back from Hajj. MashaAllah. That was uh, February the 8th, February, February the 8th, uh, 2004. My dad, uh, two years later, my dad on um, 11th of 11th, uh, 14th of 11, uh, 2006. He, uh, no, 14, no, not 14. It was 11-11, uh, 2006. He embraced Islam on his deathbed. He never got up from this bed. He died on this bed. But when they came to him to go and visit him, he said, what do I have to do? I said, what do you mean? He said, how do, how do I come now to be part of your religion? For 24 years, he fought me with the rest of my family, fought me unbelievably, not physically anymore because I had skills now. I was a martial artist. But now after that, he came now to tell me he wanted to become part of the religion. So I tell him, repeat after me, and he did. He said, is that it? He said, yeah. He said, let's do it again. I said, why? He said, just to be sure. Wow. When my mom heard this story, when I told my mom this story, she literally got up from her seat and she literally got me to take her all the way out to where my dad was. And she came now to go and plant this kiss on his cheek. For what? To heal his heart and to let him know that she was forgiven. Because the way he treated us back in the day was not kind, it's not easy, brother. So again, you want social proof? When, you're, when people are coming in to tell me that they're having a hard time and they've been through some hardship, okay, I've been through some hardship too, but I found some ways to get around it and get over it and how to, how to figure it out. And if you allow me, then I'll share that with you. You see, so we focus on three things with our SIPKIS counseling, personal, financial, and social counseling. These are the three things. We help people move themselves into the age of responsibility. We're not moving them. I'm not trying to get anyone to move anywhere. I'm just inviting them to come and see what's going on. For me, I've already made my commitments and I'm showing other people how they can do it, okay? Your mind is a garden and your thoughts are like seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow reeds. It's up to you. But if you don't have the right mindset, you automatically got a problem. You create your own problem for yourself, okay? So for me, the, the realization of uh, how to help people um, make progress in the world is to help them with their ABCs, just like you would do in school. But the ABC is attitude, belief, and commitment. If you can come now to, uh, to understand and uh, adopt that, to accept that, then you can actually make leaps and bounds so quickly in terms of your own progress and your own empowerment, right? But there's two things. You need to believe in yourself, number one, you need to believe in yourself because it's the first key to, to success. And the second thing is you need to have a mentor and the two people together, they have to make an agreement. They say deal, I say agreement that they're gonna help each other be the best versions of themselves. 
this is how we talk. This is how we create the healthy relationships. Does that make sense? Hello? Yes. 100%. Okay. Okay. This is my favorite. This is my famous, my famous uh, example. I'm going to try to give you the quick version of it. So forgive me for that. Okay. But where would you care to position yourself? Uh, uh, if you could take screenshots, please take screenshots. If you don't do anything else, I, I would tell you, take this screenshot because I'm sharing this information with you and it's with you in your possession, but you don't own it. You mm -hmm. won't own it until you share it with somebody else. So where would you care to position yourself for your future? Everybody who wants to be above the line where you learn, above the line you learn, below the line you blame. Everybody who wants to be above the line, please raise your right hand. I can feel there's a lot of red hands going up. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, alhamdulillah, mashallah, may Allah, may Allah bless us to be among those people who stay in that condition. How come we didn't choose blame? I want to show you why. Because, again, I believe in breaking it down like a fraction. And we've learned it. So, now, if we take the blame game, we need to know that the blame game is tricky and it turns into something else. And what happens now is it, it uh, becomes now a thing that cripples people. And, it and when it changes into something else, people don't even hardly notice it. But when it changes, it has an impact. But then again, you keep on doing it and then it doesn't, the, the impact isn't felt. So if you understand, the, uh, if you cover the first letter of the word blame, you will see what happens and how it changes. It becomes a thing where people get crippled emotionally, financially, academically, romantically, socially. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get crippled. So the blame game changes into the lame game. And sometimes people don't even realize the devastation of that. And the reality is that the blame game changes into the lame game because they're not taking responsibility. Like with one finger pointing out, but you got three fingers pointing back. One finger deflecting responsibility, three fingers telling you to take responsibility. If you can't understand it's a three to one ratio, you're already in trouble. But if you cover the first three letters of the word blame, you'll see who it is that you have to be responsible for. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, yeah, so we want to spend a lot of time above the line. For the people who said they want to be above the line, we spend after this, it's everybody above the line, let's go, right? Because again, if you cover the first letter of the word learn, guess what you get to do? you get to earn. Mm -hmm. And then we start talking about how you're going to earn the blessings of Allah, how you're going to earn the Jannah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has held out for us and so on and so forth like that moving forward. Okay. So you, you got to understand that you're not, not stuck. You just committed to certain patterns of behavior because they helped you in the past. Now those behaviors have become more harmful than helpful. And the reason why you can't move forward is because you're applying old formulas mm -hmm. to a new levels in your life change the formula and get a different result. And here's the reality of that. You were given this life because you're strong enough to live it. Allah does not give any soul a burden greater than it can bear. It is not going to start with you or me. So let's just make sure that we put that in our heads and let it go to our hearts so we can get up and do something that changes our lives in the way that we want to need. You see, we got to remember why we're here. Why are we here? Only for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
That's it, finished, palas. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only created us for that circumstance of worship. If we're living up to our potential, we got to stay on top of this and make sure that this is it. So here's the thing. How do we hold on to uh, putting first things first? We need to hold on to the rope of Allah. And we must be doing it as a, as a community, as family. And we got to do, we got to do it ourselves, hold on to the rope and we got to help others. And we, especially we want to start with our own family. For me, that's what I did. I'm not trying to tell people go and do it with everybody in the world. It's great if we do it with everybody, but especially if we do it with our family. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of issues with our, with our families and a lot of issues with the Muslim youth. We need to be able to try to deal with some things. Okay. We, don't, we need to go. And again, this is one of the things I did in the Middle East. We did a number of presentations where we literally, they were blown away by this presentation, where we literally show them that uh, we're, we go from me for me, my, my journey, my, uh, I had an incredible journey in Islam, but my journey was a simple thing because I literally went from me to we as a Muslim. And I realized and I accepted that we are one. We are one ummah, ummah to wahid. We are one ummah. What are we going to do with that? We do something with it. We don't do something with it. It's up to us. But we are one, we're one ummah. That's it. Finished. Can we be brothers and sisters for real? This is our challenge. But we literally have to take the journey that goes from me to we to be able to make the changes that we keep talking about that we think are good. They're good ideas, but they're not going to work until we actually have these uh, uh, obstacles um, removed. You see? Let's talk about the individual and what it takes to get here. Because again, I think that many times people don't come now to recognize and value the circumstance of what, it, what contributions and sacrifices other people have made. For each person who's coming now to, to be here right now, it, this is what your, this is what your, your downline of, your, of your, your generations looks like. You had two parents, four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, you had uh, 16 great-great-grandparents, and so on and so forth, all the way down. This is going 15 levels deep. This doesn't apply to some people. It applies to everyone. But many times, if we don't recognize this, and we don't actually give due respect and consideration to this, guess what? We just blow past this like it's no big deal. When this is actually a technical thing, that is actually the biggest deal to be able to make sure that these people get the respect. But we should also be praying for them too, especially the ones who are Muslim and Allah knows best who they were. That's another story. We can get into that. Okay. You see, one of the main problems that we find uh, in, in the Muslim community, I've found in my years of, of coming out to serve the, the community, is that we repeat what we do not repair. If we don't fix it, we just keep doing the same thing. And that's, that's called insanity. Albert Einstein said that you repeat the same action over and over again, looking for a different result. This is called insanity. We repeat what we don't repair. If we don't fix it, it keeps on coming back. It keeps on coming back. And we keep on trying to apply the same thing. This creates big problems and lots of confusion. We're not making progress with that. Okay? Now we get to the part where I'm really excited to be able to share with you. You see, we have to show people how to negotiate the valley of doom in troubled times. You know, we're coming out to be in a case where we're covered, the world is covered with this whole COVID thing. We have all kinds of challenges, jobs, 
they're lost, industry's gone, all the different things, monetary stuff, uh, too many things. So now we have a situation where you, life is going along and the red line is representing life. And what happens now is that sometime in your life, you run into a thing called a mess. Difficulty comes, hardships. There's no, there's no two ways around it. You can't get past it. And then what you got to do is you got to go through a process of learning. If you don't, you get stuck. You choose to get stuck by not learning. This is a big issue, right? In order to get that learning to actually work, you got to take some uncomfortable action. And what happens, many people get to the edge of this, uh, um, uh, of the journey of uh, the journey uh, of the, on the valley of doom, and they get right to the edge and they're about to fall in. For me, I was right on the edge and Allah pulled me back and said, I'm not done with you. He said, you don't fall into the, into the valley of doom, take the bridge. The bridge is called faith. The bridge is called taqwa. The bridge is called iman. Take the bridge. For me, I took the bridge. And on the other side of the bridge, I found solutions. On the other side of the bridge, I was able to develop a certain skill set. On the other side of the bridge, I was able to have a certain mastery of how to come down to negotiate the different things that were going on and help myself and help other people develop what they wanted for their future. To get away from the valley of doom or destruction or depression or disobedience or disbelief or even death. We can call it all of those things, they all apply. And this is the kind of stuff that I want to show you, because again, this is the kind of stuff that I feel that our, our community needs and we need to have more access to this kind of teaching to help people get through their problems. We're Muslim and we're not supposed to be able to feel that we're stuck. People should not feel that we're stuck because again, Islam has the solutions. And I'll give you an example. I know I'm talking a lot, but I feel so excited to be here. I feel so honored. And I'll tell you, one day there's a young man in the jail and we're doing this program and he comes to me, he says, Brother Abraham, after the program, he says, uh, you said that Islam has uh, solutions for any problem. You believe that? Anybody believe that besides me? I said, yeah, right? I told him yes. He says, okay, so where do we find that in the Quran? I said, okay. I said, if you look in Surah 103, in the Quran, you'll find exactly what you're looking for. What is Allah saying? A'udhu billahi minash shaitan al-rajim, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Walaask, illa insana la fi kusr, illa ladina amanu wa amanus salihah. Wa tawasso bihaq, wa tawasso bihsaw. Verily, mankind is in a state of loss, except for those who, what? Believe, do good deeds, speak the truth, remain patient. Anyone who applies those four things to, the, to their life and to their lifestyle will come now to resolve the issue. That's been my experience. So we want to encourage people to understand that, that Islam is there for the human being to be able to do that. And if you're Muslim, then that's even a greater bonus for you. But apply those four things. Believe in Allah, uh, do good deeds, speak the truth and remain patient. You see, so we got to be planting seeds of faith with hope for a better tomorrow. Seriously, we, I, I, I don't know if you, <laughs> for me, this is, this is how I think, this is how I live, this is, I, I'm, I'm grateful to Allah behind all of this. And we have to show people and help them uh, really get to the idea that they need to exercise good decisions that help them choose the deen over the dunya. But many times there's a problem because it's a balancing act. 
between what you're feeling in your head and what you're feeling in your heart. And sometimes people, they mess up and they don't get it right. And we got to get people to take every opportunity that they can every day as a new chance to be a better Muslim. Every day, not sometimes. And then we want to make sure that people understand that every day you're in a battle. The battle is not with anyone else or any other thing or something like that. It's a battle against yourself. This is me against myself. How are you going to be a better person than the person who you were yesterday? This is about mindset. And again, to have the proper mindset, you got to make sure that you're making dua. What is dua? You understand that you're making dua, you're praying to Allah, but you understand that you're depending on Allah alone, just like the bird depends on Allah. As we've been told by the Prophet Okay? So take five uh, before five. What is that? Your youth before your old age. Your health before your sickness. Your wealth before poverty. Your free time before you're preoccupied and your life before your death. Hold on to the rope of Allah. We can get into this. This is, this is an excellent uh, thing to do. But the whole idea and the, the concept is hold on to the rope of Allah because it eventually leads to Jannah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask him to make our future better than our past and our graves better than our houses. One second. Is he going in the bathroom again? Allahumma ameen. It's a beautiful dua. Subhanallah. Make our future better than our past and our greatest. Yo, my mind is blown. Yeah, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, this is real stuff. I like how most of the content is coming from him and not just from the slide. Most of the content is him speaking, and these are just mm-hmm. visuals. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. SubhanAllah. Man, that learn over blame. I'm not going to forget that. Mm. Don't edit this part out, right? Inshallah. Inshallah. I'm taking a little break. Closing my eyes. Y'all been staying awake after Fajr? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ram, you too? I have to because I have school. Like, you have right. school, bro. It hurts so good. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. It's Don't worry. I'll cut, I'll cut the parts out, right? So we'll just resume from here. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, oh, Allah, make our future better than our past. Oh, Allah, make our graves better than our houses. Oh, Allah. Make our deaths better than our lives. O Allah, make Jannah to Fardos, our final destination. SubhanAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may he shower us with patience and let us die as Muslims. Amin. Say Amin. Amin. Yeah, yeah. You see, when people get into problems, and we're always going to have problems, we encourage people and we, we literally, uh, we advise them to do what? Just say, and make it moist on your tongue continuously. Look and see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hand will come to you in his hand. If you look for Allah's hand, if you allow Allah's hand to come into things, you will start to see Allah's hand in everything. 
Why? Because truly we belong to Allah and we are going to return to him. Inna lillahi wa inna lillahi rajiun. This is guaranteed. There's no two ways about it. Nobody can deny this truth. That's my presentation. SubhanAllah. MashaAllah. That was like life-changing. SubhanAllah. Because you kept mentioning uh, Sibkis. Sibkis is it's something you've never seen before. And I was like, you know, you're really building up my appetite here. SubhanAllah. And, but the pres presentation itself, MashaAllah, it's, it's not just one thing. It's like a series of principles that you need to adopt. And it's like, it's like the formula, basically. So, Jazakallah khair, wallah. This is something that I believe if Muslims, especially the youth, myself and others, if they actually implement these things, inshallah, they will actually probably become leaders for the community. Inshallah. Well, mashallah, brother, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I, and I thank you for saying that. And uh, for, for me, I'm here, in, I'm here in Malaysia. I've taken time back from, from being, a, if I was in Canada, even now they're still calling me from Canada, brother, do this and brother, do that. Can you help me in there? So, that. so I'm still coming out to advise them. But yeah. I'm coming out to take some time over here to be able to figure out how we can actually create an institution, even if it's online, that allows people to do exactly what you're saying and actually learn. How can we teach them? Because the teaching is the key. And then after that, it's about the reaching out. How can we make that kind of thing happen where we get people focused? Me, I'm not, I'm not this big sheikh or this guy who's got all the credentials from Medina University, but I've been to Medina University, but I didn't, I didn't go there to learn or anything. I just visited there when I made Hajj. But I helped three other people go over there to Medina. They became sheikhs. No problem. I helped seven of my cousins go to, uh, to Egypt and other places in the world to be able to learn Arabic and be able to study Islam. They're doing good. Something like that. Alhamdulillah. So we continue to do the things that we can do. But again, we're doing it in, in a, a skitty scatter way. We're not coming now to converge everything together and create a, a, a place and a condition under which people can use it as a platform to go from here to there to be able to go ahead and do it. And I'm only talking about the, 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 the mindset, the mindset training. We're not I'm not talking about the Islamic uh, uh, training and all the different things that uh, people want from uh, getting their BA and all that kind of stuff. I think that that stuff is great. But if it doesn't help people, if they get all the knowledge and it doesn't help them to change the way that they behave, then that knowledge doesn't have the right impact. Yeah. It's good to say we got it, but it's not having the impact. And that impact is what changes. Yeah. By my example, by my experience. So um, anyway, Allah knows best. So yeah. anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for you guys to give me this time. Jazakallah khairan. This is, this is so amazing. <laughs> the, the pleasure is all ours. Wallah, alhamdulillah, that was an amazing presentation. Uh, and I think um, because what they do at the institution that I'm learning at and I'm teaching at now, alhamdulillah, is they have interactive classes. So okay. just, just make interactive and teach the people this as their teacher. Make a group chat where they can ask questions, ask them questions during the class. And that is going to like, like do wonders for them. Inshallah. Yes. Well, I want I want to do this kind of stuff for the Muslims. Mm -hmm. For me, brother, Islam was robbed from me and my people for generations. Mm -hmm. Maybe four or five generations was it was ripped out from them. Mm -hmm. Me coming back, I, I became the most hated person. I mean, they, they they threatened to do harm to me, but I knew how to fight. 
And if you fight me, then you know I can I can at least give myself a chance. But they threatened also my children, brother. Wow. That's how bad it was. They came now to try to do everything they could to try to humiliate me and provoke me and try to, to, to make me make a mistake, to slip. Wow. For me, I, I got to the point where literally, and I'm not saying this to show off or anything. For me, I had to say to myself, I refuse to lose. Either I win or I learn. Mm -hmm. Now, have you heard that? Have you heard this saying that um, winners never quit and quitters never win? Yeah. yeah. You've heard that? You guys heard that before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good saying, right? Okay. But, but here's the thing. One of the things that I learned is that winners never quit and quitters never win because quitters refuse to learn. Mm. Yeah. Nobody ever thought about why aren't they winning? They could win, but they don't. Why don't they win? They refuse to learn. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. MashaAllah. We should take time to learn. We should make that a, a part of what we're doing and make sure that we get to learn and then we start to get to earn. Like for me, one of the things that's, that's become really important and relevant is that um, we've come now into a different, um, a different reality in the world when it comes to finance. And I'd love to have a chat with you guys about what's going on in, in the world of crypto. Because the world of crypto has changed everything. Mm. And now we've not only come into the world of crypto, but we come into the age of responsibility. So what if you could be your own bank and the people in the bank cannot hold your wealth? You can hold it all by yourself and can control that. See, this is the kind of stuff that we need to start having some discussion about. We need to be able to organize that thing to be able to give people the ability to empower themselves. How are they going to come now to be in a situation where they're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? We see it didn't work. 2008 showed us. 2010, they did it again. 2020, they did it again. How many breakdowns they're going to have? of the system, and we keep sitting there expecting the system's gonna change. The system's not gonna change. And I'm not putting down the system, I'm just simply saying it's not working. But we can take it into our own authority and we can make uh, the, the moves that we want if we're willing to put in that kind of com uh, com commitment. But it, again, it's about the learn and earn. So I hope we can have a chat about that one day. <laughs> and I know, I, I hope I didn't, I, I hope I didn't uh, wear out my welcome here. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all, Habibi. No, you extended very good. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, first of many. So uh, you, you guys, you guys are literally, um, you guys are literally, um, uh, this, this is me. If anyone tells you, okay, did, did you ever meet Abraham Downey? For me, what I was doing back then, I'm still doing now. Wow. I've just found new ways and, and, and developed new understandings and been able to, you know, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, but I don't want people to take it wrong. But for me, I've learned to lie, cheat, and steal. Okay, but no, 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 don't smile. <laughs> Brother, say, please don't say that on our show. No, no, but you got to understand what I'm saying in content. What, what am I saying? I said, you know, to lie in my bed and think about all the ways that I can prove things, improve things to make things better for Muslims, to please Allah. Okay? I, I lie and I, I cheat. I cheat. 
I keep every moment away from those things I love to do, hanging out with my family, going for walks on the beach. The beach is right across here. I love the beach. But for me, I spend a lot of time doing research on how I can be better. And then on top of that, in doing the research, we steal. I steal every opportunity I can to be able to take what I can to be able to use it. And much of what I shared with you today is coming from those things uh, that I've been able to lie, cheat, and steal. Oh, mashallah. In a good, in, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a halal, by any halal means necessary. <laughs> <laughs> mashallah. You had me in the beginning, man. I was like, what's this guy saying? What's this guy on to? <laughs> so, yeah, well, brother, this, you, the thing is, uh, things are not as uh, things are not always as they seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. you know. And if you if you really want to understand some things about money, go look at the hidden secrets of wealth, the hidden secrets of money. It's on YouTube for free. Go check it out. All right, we'll do. Inshallah, we'll do the hidden inshallah. secrets of money. Yeah, yeah. I would advise everyone to see that, but this is the kind of stuff that we need to have access to so that we can start changing and uh, adjusting and, and start to, um, how you say, rethink the way that things are being done. Because yeah. there's, some, there's some other people besides me who are going to want to lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah, <laughs> they might not be as halal about it. <laughs> yeah, as, as long as it's halal, brother. We're, try, we're, we're trying to stay with the halal. Indeed, we're doing what we can, man. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. This was an action-packed episode, guys. If you made it this far, comment down below. Hashtag bring back Ibrahim for our next episodes, inshallah. inshallah. Okay. So, Akhi, where so can this, people find you if they want to get you right now? Uh, they, 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 if you go through... Um, uh, okay, depends on what you want me for. If you're calling me just to go <laughs> here, they, if you're calling me just to chat, I'm not doing a whole lot of chatting. I'm very, very busy. Uh, we have training uh, activities going on in a number of different areas. Uh, my wife is uh, uh, very much uh, active and uh, she's dealing with a lot of logistics for some of the businesses that we're operating and with the different activities like that. I'm doing a lot of personal empowerment training uh, online uh, with Gabriel and with the things. So I guess that would be the way to be able to do it. But yeah, many people would have to want to take, um, uh, how you say, an appointment for a session with me. I think it's cost $35 or something like that. And uh, um, to, to get uh, like an hour of my time so that we can actually make it, make it a committed hour. Otherwise than that, I, I, have, I have my commitments, man. If you, if you understand the stuff that I'm, we're doing stuff. Brother, for, for me, I, I'm... I'm um, I've literally, uh, I'm, I'm all in to the idea and the understanding of how to help Muslims develop the, uh, an empowerment mindset. Mm. Because we keep on talking about the same things over and over and over again, but nothing's changing. Yeah. But we need things to change. Other people are changing. Yeah. The conditions are changing. What happened in Afghanistan? It changed the world. Now, these are, this is one country that, that expelled two superpowers, and we're not paying attention? Come on, man. Don't be so broke you can't pay attention. We had one country, Muslim country, that's expelled two superpowers. That can't be ignored. We should be paying attention, brother. Things are changing, and they're changing rapidly now. And we have to kind of find a way to be able to help people get the right thinking so that we can make the right moves and make the right progress. Otherwise, we're going to be the ones behind. 
Yeah, yeah. That's very true. That's very true, subhanAllah. A lot of Muslims nowadays, they just assimilate with the with the culture. Much like, you know, you're, say, you're saying the generations before you, that's what they did. They assimilated with the people, with the non-Muslims. And subhanAllah, it's crazy because we do that and we think it's the norm. We can't, we don't even question it. So we have to really like rewire, like take everything apart, rewire the people's brains, inshallah. So may Allah make it you know, feasible. Yeah, but, yeah it, becomes a, it becomes an issue of survival, Aki. Like for my people, for my people, it became a matter of survival. Yeah. They couldn't survive in the environment where they were. If it was, they tried to stay strong with their Islam. So some of the aunties and the people who were coming out there, they were honest with me. They say that, um, yeah, we used to be Muslim, but Islam didn't help us. And that's why they left. Okay. So I'm still the most hated man among my people. I mean, there's a whole, but I mean, we, we're, I'm, I'm telling you, there's like 200 people in British Islam. We have like, we have like 20,000 or more. There's more than that even. I, okay. No, and, and where I come from in Nova Scotia, we're the largest black community in Canada. It's called North Preston. Founded in 1784, because we landed there in 1783. 1784, we established ourselves as a community. This is all documented. This is part of what I was going to share with you. But again, it was like 50 slides. We'd still be here. <laughs> so I said, no, no, let me, let me show you. For me, I thought it was more it was advantageous to show you Sipkis. Mm -hmm. I hope that you would fall in love with Sipkis. The whole concept and idea of Sipkis is to be able to see a big problem and then find simple solutions with Islam. Mm -hmm. If we can get that across to the people, brother, this is, I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road yeah. in terms of getting people to turn their lives around and actually making the progress they need to, to, to make the changes. But that's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alhamdulillah. Nah. This has been, this has been uh, amazing. Alhamdulillah. Anything you want to say on him before we wrap up, bro? Yeah, no, I was going to say um, it's beautiful, the whole sip kiss thing, because when you first came on here and I, I saw your thing, it said Ibrahim powered by sip kiss. I was like, oh, he forgot to, that's probably his phone carrier. He, he forgot to take that off. No, no, I didn't forget nothing. <laughs> but yeah, no, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's Ibrahim Downey powered by sip kiss. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that powered me, brother, I, I come from the ghetto, Aki. You know what that is. I come from the ghetto, man. I come from I come from nowhere. My life was at risk, and I was under I was under threat of death. And it was legitimate. So for me now to actually be in a condition where I'm even talking to you and sharing with you all the stuff that we've been doing all of these years, we're doing this all around the world for all of these years, brother. Wow. And, it, you know, if you, you know, when I tell you to about take the bridge, understand this, is that you, there is no bridge unless you put in Islam. It's facts. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just hope you, <laughs> I hope you get that, man. <laughs> there is no bridge without Islam. You can't get to, I couldn't get to the other side. Mm. Yeah. You get stuck. Then, you get yeah, yeah, I, I'd be dunya. stuck. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and here's the problem with going into the Valley of Doom is that when you get in the Valley of Doom, people start, people start digging, trying to dig their way out of the Valley of Doom. But the more you dig, the deeper it goes. Yeah. 
So what's what's what do you got to do? Stop digging. But people that get in there say, "Oh no, I got to get out. I got to get out." And they keep digging and digging and digging. You know, um, you know, we have this thing is that um, um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. But what you can do, you've heard that too, right? Yeah. Okay. But what you can do is you can entice that horse. What you can do is you can give that horse some oats. You let it eat before it get, before, while it's in a place where you can give it some oats and you put inside the oats just a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, just a pinch. And then you lead that horse to water. What do you think that horse does when he sees the water? You're going to drink it up? You're going to drink that water. You, you know he's drinking that. Mm. He's going right for that man. You can't hold him back at a certain point. Yeah. He's got that little bit of salt. He's thirsty. So mm. you've enticed that circumstance. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink, but you sure as heck can entice him. Mm-hmm. How can we like entice that. Muslims to come now to learn how to have the right mindset? Mm. I had one of my guys today, he's telling me that he's thinking about suicide, but he keeps coming back with the same thing all the time, threatening people he's going to commit suicide, trying to make them afraid that he's going to commit suicide, that they run and do all of this stuff for him. I said, I'm not doing it. What did I do? I gave him, I I printed, well, I didn't even print it up, but I sent him a copy of uh, the last testament, uh, the last will and testament for a Muslim. I told him, if you're going to commit suicide, be prepared. He got offended. I was like, it doesn't matter. If you're going to commit suicide, go ahead and be prepared. The Prophet told us that any Muslim has anything to give you. You have two days. You go ahead and make sure that you write down your last will. Mm. So if you're going to talk about committing suicide, nobody can stop you. If you're really committed to go ahead and do that, we we advise you not to because it's haram. But even if you did so, we would bury you, but then on the, you, we have to leave you to Allah for his judgment. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be real, let's be real. Because we're not playing, this is not a game. It, it, for me, Islam is not a game. Islam saved my life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he chose to save me to be able to even come here and be before you so I could give you this message. So I'm here and I'm very happy to be able to, to make this contribution and, and get these few things out here and to, uh, uh, to be with you guys, man, it's an honor. It's really, truly a, a, a deep and, and a serious honor for me to come. I, I watch your programs and, and um, I, I see the effort that you guys put in. And, and again, the, the fact that you keep showing up, 80% of success is showing up. And you guys are showing up and you're making a difference. And, you're, you know, here's the thing. And maybe I'm talking a lot, but again, I, I, I have so much. I, I, for me, I just I have so much I want to share. <laughs> right? here's, here's the thing that I see that you guys are doing. You're making people think. Mm. You're making people think, especially the Muslims. And the good thing about that is, well, okay, it's, it's a challenge, but it's a good thing. Because what happened now is that 2% of people think, 2%, there's 3% of people who think that they think, and there's 95% of people who would rather die than think. They want somebody to tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah. 
We fall into that too often, man. They just want somebody to tell them what to do. They're not interested in thinking. Yeah. Thinking doesn't even apply to them. So they just want to go along with the program. But, and here's the challenge, is that everything goes on its own little wavelengths. A TV does not pick up the radio wavelength. Your cell phone does not pick up the TV wavelength and so on and so forth. The microwave does not pick up a wavelength of something else, the refrigerator or something. Everything is on its own particular wavelength, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, okay, we, I mean, at some point in time, we have to be on a wavelength that connects us so that there's no disconnection. So we can have that conversation and start to move things forward. I mean, I mean, I mean. Okay. Powerful uh, episode, this- This is just just me talking. This is just me talking to you, brothers. You know, and and loving what you do. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. And and I I pray that uh, uh, you keep on doing it. And I hope that uh, I hope that uh, I haven't worn out my welcome and you'll invite me back one day. (laughs) (laughs) We will, inshallah. We're excited to have you back, inshallah. I mean, I can always speak for myself. I I definitely am. May Allah bless you. 100%. Alhamdulillah. Well, when, when you get a chance, when you get a chance, uh, especially, you know, one of the things that uh, um, has been uh, uh, one of my greatest blessings is we put together, you know, again, the, the reason why I'm, that's the reason why I'm sharing my screen is to be able to under, help people understand that a picture can speak a thousand words. Yeah. Okay. And so one of the things we did with the youth, we, we used to teach them and we still do teach them by coming out to show them rather than just tell them. Because we talk with words, yeah. but when we dream or when we think, we think in pictures. Yeah. Huh? And what we did was we take them now to five places. And I advise you about this. What is it? Five places. We take them to the graveyard, to the jail, to the homeless shelter, the mental institution, back to the mosque. Oh, mashallah. You want to get their attention? Yeah, yeah. Put it in front of them. Don't let them slip away. It's probably going to take you a few hours. But if you can get them to those five places, tell you right now, man, we've had seven out of 10 young people and even some of the adults who went with us on these particular, we call it a social awareness tour. It's on YouTube. Social awareness tour. And when we have seven out of 10 people who went with us on this thing, they, they leave whatever they were doing. The corruption and the filth and the drugs and the violence and the crime and the gangs and all the other kind of stupidness. They get, they, they're stuck on stupid. And then when we show them the reality of where they can end up, these four places will take you anytime you want, 24 hours a day. If you mess up, here's where you end up. This place is open for your guidance and benefit 24 hours a day. Hmm. Well, at least in some cases there are. Islam is there for you. Mm-hmm. But you have to come and take it. You have to come and want it. You have to be making dua. You have to be asking Allah for it. So this is, I'm, this, I don't know if, uh, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping the message I'm sharing with you is getting through because this is, for me, this is how I operate. Because some people want it, they, they, they want to come and say, oh, brother, I want to work with you. But then when they get here, they say, oh, but hold on, brother, you're being too strict. You're being too harsh. Well, okay, I'm not your guy. If you're not actually ready to make progress, I am not your guy. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm working with people in jail who want to solve their problems. Yeah. Drug addicts who want to solve their problems. Homeless people who want to solve their problems. 
If you're not one of those people who want to solve your problems with Islam, then how can I help you? Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm. Perhaps some people come to you because they think you can solve their problems. And when they realize uh, not, they have to solve their problems, yeah, then... uh, you, you may be right about that, brother. I, I didn't even look at that aspect of it. But yeah. for me, I'm not interested in trying to solve their problem. I'll show them how they, for me, I'm, I, I can do it with you, but I can't do it for you. Mm-hmm. But I'll show you how you can do it with your Islam. Yes, mashallah. If you're ready. If you're ready, inshallah, bidmillah ta'ala. So, um, inshallah. Brothers and sisters, link in the description to book your consultation with Ibrahim Downey. Click the link in the description down below. And until next okay, time. Okay, you put in the link for uh, 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 Gabriel's, um, Gabriel's um, uh, positive, what is it? Positive, positive Islamic. Islamic. Yeah, I'll put, your, I'll put your link, inshallah. Okay, I appreciate that. Jazakallah khair. Okay, but okay, listen, but okay, just one thing, all due respect. Don't call if you're not serious. If you just call into chat, we'll have a good chat. But again, when it comes to the work, we're gonna have a problem. Mm -hmm. Because the rubber meets the road real quick with the stuff that we're doing. It's called empowerment training for Mm -hmm. a reason. You get up and you do what it takes to be able to make the moves. If you're not willing to make the moves. We're going to have a problem. I mean, I mean, uh, we don't necessarily have to have a problem because, again, you can take the choice not to work with me. But I can also take the choice not to work with you. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and deal with that. Because, again, uh, for me, I, I love to put in the work, but I want the commitment to come from the other side, too, because I'm, I'm not me. I, my family came out of slavery. I'm not interested in going back. Wow. Me, I'm the slave of Allah. After that, you got to figure out how to work with me, not get me to work for you. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. I think that's a beautiful note to end off on. InshaAllah. 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 Habibi, I think I think that right there was, was it for this episode. Habibi, Allahumma ameen. Would that yeah, be yeah. Yeah. I, I want to recommend that for you guys when you're ending your thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure that you, if, if you can say that, because again, uh, the, this one blesses all of the things that you did. It gives a certain blessing and it tightens it. And if there's anything wrong, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala easily forgives it. All right, inshallah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to learn it in Arabic then. Okay. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Allah has already blessed me, man. I mean, being out here with you guys was a big deal for me, brother. This is going in my legacy program. Now, the next time I want to show you guys about the empowerment wheel. You guys will love the empowerment wheel. So don't wait forever to get me back on here. <laughs> Inshallah. 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 Taib. Yeah, yeah. All right, طيب, with that being said, to all the lovely viewers and to our brother Ibrahim, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Fiman Allah. Ya ikwan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and keep you safe. Ameen, ya Rabbi. Allah. Ameen. And you as well, Habib. Alhamdulillah. It's been a plum pleasing pleasure.